God's heart for us is that we would access this key of David, that we would understand that as we experience the fire of His presence, as we press into this invitation into revival fire, into the river of God that's taking us deeper and deeper in the presence of God, that the result of this, the fruit of, it, of this, is that we become more and more in love with Him, more and more free from fear, more and more free from any weight or anxiety, and more and more joyful. Today with Catherine Ruinala. We've got people sitting here who have had deaf ears, who've had blind eyes, hallelujah, praise the Lord, uh, who've had, had cancer disappear, praise the Lord. and. This is, this is glorious. You know, Toby, drummer Toby, I've prayed for to Toby over the years for his deaf ear so many times and hasn't been healed. And in Glory City Aiken this time, uh, Tony called for a deaf ear. We both went to pray for him and pop, it opened up. It's just so wonderful. He says he, he, he can't remember ever having heard in stereo before and he, he owns a music shop. It's just, oh, so good. It was so good. Hallelujah. And just beautiful things that the Lord did. Many, many more healings and miracles, but I like those instantly demonstrable ones. They're, they're, um, they're easy to be able to quickly testify about before we have to get doctor's reports, which we appreciate. Well, I've been speaking for quite a while about this key of David and I just can't get away from it. The Lord showed me a vision um, while I was just in France that I saw this door that was so tall and so big that I couldn't see to the top of the door. And then I saw this huge key and the Lord said, it's the key of David that's opening doors that are bigger than you have yet been able to comprehend. What is the key of David? Isaiah 22, 22 talks about the key of David being laid on his shoulder that will open doors no man can shut and shut doors no man can open. What is this key of David? Well, we know that as you look at, at David's life, I, I was doing a study on the, comparing Saul and David, actually, and you, you never read any Psalms of Saul. But you read lots of Psalms of David. And when you read David's Psalms, you get an insight into this relationship that he had with the Lord. And it's quite remarkable. David, the promises that David has, that, the, that he'll establish his throne forever, that uh, the, the tabernacle of David, the throne of David, everything about David. And yet David seemingly, if you sort of looked at it in the natural almost committed worse crimes, sins, crimes than Saul did before he was disqualified. And, and so you go, hang on, I don't understand. But when you look at the life of David, you can see. When he chose him, he said to Samuel, man look on the outer, but I look on the heart, which was why Eliab and others were rejected. God was looking for a man after his own heart. And David, even when he would sin, he would be quick to repent. He'd humble himself. He was tender before the Lord. 
But I think the, the, the main key that we can look at in the key of David is this connection that David had with the Lord. In that Saul had a connection with God that was technical. You're the God of Israel. I'll speak to you through the prophet. Or if I can't get a prophet, then I'll, I'll get a medium. You know, I, I, you know, I understand you're real. I believe in you. I know you have power. I know I need your blessing. But he didn't have a personal connection. David, on the other hand, was accessing this connection that was ahead of his time. And the heart of the Father is for us to recognize that you and I have been invited into this glorious connection, this connection that makes our faces shine. You know, when on the day of Pentecost, when Peter was preaching, he referenced both Joel 2, but he also referenced Psalm 16, which is one of the Psalms of David. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. And looking at the Psalms of David, you can begin to understand this beautiful connection that David had. He knew how to go to God. When he had nobody else, he knew how to get strength from God. He knew how to drink the wine of his presence. He knew how to encourage himself in the Lord when he had nothing and no one. And when you can find him in that place where you have nothing and no one, but you know you have him, you've got everything. And God will open doors no man can shut. God will shut doors that no man can open. When you've got his face, when you can behold him in faith, when you know what it is to be able to talk to him personally, to boldly approach the throne of grace, you have access to the key of David. Those keys that have been given to us that Jesus spoke about, that I give you the keys of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose just in heaven. This, this key is not, not a principle. It's a connection. And it's a glorious connection. Let's just have a little look here. at this, this psalm that gets quoted in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. It's beautiful. If you start at verse 3, I just love this. It says, as for the saints who are in the earth... They are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. I just, that's not quoted in Acts 2, but I just really like it. <sighs> Who are the saints? Have we got any saints here? Do you know what? The Bible says that if you have been born again, you are no longer a sinner, but you're a saint. Because light can't be joined to darkness. And so Jesus came to take away all your darkness. And if you will believe in him, by grace we are saved through faith. Say through faith. We actually have to apply faith in this grace that is better than we feel like we deserve. Hallelujah. Every day the righteous shall live by Hallelujah. We must put faith in the reality that he is better than we feel like we deserve every day. That God's looking at you doesn't look at you and go, oh, well, I'll see what I can do with this one. 
He doesn't look at you and go, yeah, so flawed and messed up. He looks at you and says, you are all together lovely. My majestic ones in whom is all my delight. What? Like he spoke to Gideon, mighty man of valor. But he hadn't done anything. Except hide in a wine press. God says that about you, not based on what you've done, but on the reality that when he looks at you, Patrick, he says, this is my majestic ones. My majestic ones. My royal ones that walk with a sense, I know who I am. I know what I'm doing on this earth. Hallelujah. And you don't have to have a clear picture of exactly what you are going to physically do, but you can know I am here to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that everyone I meet has an opportunity to experience the river of God that I'm drinking from because out of my belly flows rivers of living water that are flowing directly from the one whose face I am beholding. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Meg. All right, we keep reading. Let's, let's skip down to uh, verse 5. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. If you're having a, an issue about inheritance, don't worry. God is your inheritance. Hallelujah. And when you have him, you have more than enough. He is my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. It doesn't matter whether your father or mother were saved or whether they weren't. Your heritage is from your heavenly father. You have your father's eyes. Hallelujah. And the father's eyes are full of love. They're full of fire. They're full of hope. They're full of love that looks at people and, and can see what they have, in, what he has in store for them, sees hope and a future. Hallelujah. You have those eyes too. You know, my favorite verse in the Bible is when Jesus looked at the rich young ruler and the Bible just says there, a little phrase, he says, he looked at him and loved him. Like, that's my goal. I just want to be known by somebody who looks at people and they experience the love of God. She looked at them and they felt the love of God through a look. Ah! I don't know if you get that, but like, to me that's beautiful. Why? Because that's what he does to me. He just looks at me and I'm undone. I can't bear it. Pray for strength. I'll give you strength to be able to handle my love that's beyond human ability to handle. Beyond your capacity to emotionally process. Oh, too much, too much. No, it's not. Pray for strength. I supernaturally strengthen you to be able to drink deeply from my eyes that are so in love for you that it's uncomfortable. <laughs> That's a happy thought. If you're struggling to find a happy thought in the middle of the night, there's a happy thought. The love in his eyes is more than you can emotionally process. But he's got strength and supernatural power for you to be able to process it. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. 
Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I've set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. This is where the quote comes from. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also dwell securely for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. We know, of course, that when that's quoted in Acts 2, it becomes clear that that is referring not to David himself, but to the one who would come in the line of David, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, who was crucified, died, went to hell and rose again. Praise the Lord and is risen today. Um, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. You will not allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And I think it's extraordinary that on the day that the church was birthed, the day of Pentecost, this was the scripture. That there in your presence is fullness of joy. Joy isn't some little nice little thing that you could have like a sprinkle. But I tell you, God doesn't want to give you just a little sprinkle of joy. God wants you living in a place where you're happy and you can't even explain it. So I just got this inevitable sense of people might call you an optimist, but it's, it's more than that. It's this... I know that my God is for me, that he makes all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, that I've looked in his eyes today and, ah, I can lift up my eyes to him. My help comes from the Lord. He is at my right hand and I will never be shaken. Though he fall, he will not be cast down because I uphold him with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. He is with me. The steps of a good man and a woman are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his way. This word delight is throughout Scripture. And the heart of the Father is that you would experience the pleasure, the pleasure of knowing him. This is the key of David. Psalms 27 verse 4, David says that um, one thing I have desired, this shall I seek. And it's not just a, a nice verse or a thing that sounds good to say. It's a genuine heart cry. I know, I know that you are my life source. This is my greatest desire. This is my greatest joy. If all I got to do for the rest of my life was to worship you, this would be magnificent. One thing I have desired, this shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to dwell on and, and to gaze on his beauty. Why? Because when you look at his face, his face has eyes that look at you and love you. Love you back to life. Love you back to hope. Love you back to joy. His, when... I was reading Psalm 94 the other night. You can have a quick look at that. There's a beautiful verse here. 
It says in verse 19, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. (sighs) That I'm going, help, help God, I'm sinking. Oh God. I told this story on on Friday night. There's an English um, ad that says, you know, you need to... If you want to learn English, you should go to this website or whatever. But they have the ad. You might have seen it. It's a German Coast Guard. <laughs> and the German Coast Guard is, is listening and, and, it, and an English boat calls in, Mayday, Mayday, we're sinking, we're sinking. The German Coast Guard goes, is this is the German Coast Guard? They said, Mayday, Mayday, we're sinking. And, and he says, uh, what are you thinking about? <laughs> when you feel like you are sinking, God wants to grab a hold of your thoughts and say, what are you thinking about? <laughs> Let me be your focus. Because my consolations will delight your soul. They'll not just heal your heart. They'll not just take away your fear. They will delight your soul. Delight your soul. To the point where you're not just okay, but you are smiling. You are shining and His love is shining through you. Hallelujah. My consolations will delight your soul. God's heart for us is that we would access this key of David, that we would understand that as we experience the fire of his presence, as we press into this invitation, into revival fire, into the river of God that's taking us deeper and deeper in the presence of God, that the result of this, the fruit of, it, of this, is that we become more and more in love with him, more and more free from fear, more and more free from any weight or anxiety and more and more joyful. When Stephen was being stoned, when he was being accused and slandered and they were, they were so viciously, demonically inspired in their vitriol toward him. It says, Stephen's face shone like that of an angel. How does that happen? Well, let me tell you. It's the key of David. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Bang, and he's dead. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. God has given to us something that nobody 
can take away. There is an open heaven that nobody can close. There is access to the Father's face and his voice that nobody can shut. Hallelujah. God And God has shut the door on the past and the shame and the fear and the regrets. When they come in the middle of the night like the boogeyman trying to scare you, trying to cause your anxious thoughts to multiply within you, you can say, my God has shut that door and the past has no longer any power over me. What am I thinking about? Mm, I'm not going to think about that, no. I'm going to think about the eyes that look at me and love me. I'm going to fix my gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Oh, his eyes are like an ocean that is bottomless, that is the height, the depth, the breadth can't be comprehended, but you're invited in anyway. It's love that passes knowledge, that casts out all fear, that releases hope and strength and the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost coming upon you is going to cause you to shine like a bright shining star as you hold out the words of life. The word of life is this one who is love himself, Jesus and as he clothes us with power from on high, we have power to be witnesses. What are we witnesses of? The look. When the man was being crucified beside Jesus and he said, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Lord. Jesus looked at him. He said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. When Jesus looks at you, when he speaks to you, his words are so full of love, they don't seem humanly fair. They don't come. He didn't turn to him and go, yeah, I know you're a wretched sinner. I don't know if we can do anything in this short amount of time. And hey, I don't know if you've said all the right words. What he did was he acknowledged, I'm a sinner, you're the Lord, and I need to be saved. And so Jesus, he didn't even mention his sin. It's, it's like the father of the prodigal son. When Jesus told a story about who the father is, he told the story of the prodigal father whose son was coming home wretched and messed up, having done all the shameful bad stuff. But instead of saying, hey, you have shamed the family, we got a long road back, I don't, I don't think I can ever trust you again. The father runs to him, wraps his arms around him, Guesses him, puts a robe on his shoulders, a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet and kills the fattened calf. And he doesn't even mention the sin. It doesn't seem humanly fair or even really responsible. (laughs) 
God's smarter than us. His ways are higher than our ways. And he wants to so baptize you in love that you get his mind, that he delivers you from judgment of yourself and of others, and you begin to believe that you are his majestic ones and in whom is all his delight. He wants you to have faith in the reality of how he genuinely sees you. Who do you think you are? There's an awakening. There's an awakening. I can hear the sound of the rattling of the dry bones. I can hear the sound of the arising of the army. I can hear the sound of those that were dead and dry rising up to become a glorious army filled with the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has come upon you and empowered you now to walk as those who've been resurrected with Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory. Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit right now coming upon your people. Why don't you stand up? Here it is, the fire of God's in the room. Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for resurrection power. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost coming upon your people. Well, now in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your power. I thank you for the glory of the risen Christ, Lord. I thank you, Holy Holy Spirit, for the revelation, resurrection, revelation, Lord God. I thank you. Yes, God, for the fire of your spirit coming upon them now. Lord, I thank you going deeper, deeper, deeper still, deeper, deeper, deeper still into the eyes of love. Lord, into the eyes of Jesus who loves them more than life. Father, I thank you now for the power of your spirit. The wind of your Holy Spirit, the fire of your presence. Lord God, the drawing and the outpouring of your river, Lord God, that they would see, that they would know that you are God. You are God. You are not one that we make in our image, but God, you are God. You are glorious and you are kinder than we've ever understood. You are more glorious than we've ever realized. You are, you are the Savior. You are the Father. You are Jesus and you are looking at them today and loving them. Lord, you are loving them back to life. You are loving them out of a place, never recalling their past sin, not remembering their sin or their mistakes. I declare today the door on regret is closed in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Do you need a miracle? Let me pray with you. There's no distance in prayer.
Put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. Right now, in Jesus' name, I declare that the miracle power of God is touching them, healing them, because Jesus Christ paid the price for your miracle. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've received a miracle and the Lord's touched your body, please write to us and let us know. We love to celebrate with you. I love being with our monthly partners. We so appreciate your monthly partnership, which helps us develop content and get the airtime to see people find Jesus and get to know the good news of the gospel. We meet with our monthly partners in a mentoring session every month on Zoom. We have live discussions, question and answer times. We pray together and prophesy, talk about the latest thing the Lord's doing. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Join us today as a monthly partner. You can do that by going to the website. God bless you.